My name is Valentine Getoho. Let us pray. Father, we come before you with hearts of thanksgiving and praise, thanking you for this new week, thanking you for your love and your care over the weekend and the way you've been with us even throughout the night. Even now, as we share your word, we pray, O oh Lord, that you would speak to us, O oh Father, that, Lord, you quieten our hearts that we may hear you, O oh Father. Forgive us. Should there be anything that would hinder you speaking to us, forgive us. Use me as your vessel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I will talk about pursuing holiness as a way of how to live. And we have part one, which is today, our relationship with God, and part two, which is our relationship with others. Then after that, then how am I to live as God's ambassador or representative? So let's get on with the topic today. And our text today, which teaches us how to be holy, is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 to 16. And I read it from the NIV version. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. From this text, we learn that pursuing, what pursuing holiness is. Pursuing means following, striving to gain, seeking to attain, like you pursue a career, pursue a degree, whatever it is. There is a zeal that comes in in pursuing. And if you're pursuing holiness, that means that we are pursuing something. And what we are pursuing, if it is holiness, it is to be holy because God is holy. In, holy, in, in Leviticus 11:44 and 45, and verse 19 and 2 and verse 20 as well, this is where the quotation we get in what we've just read in 1 Peter. Holiness in this text is derived from God. God is holy. He's distinct from his creation. He's unsustained by sin. He's the standard of righteousness. Holiness is central to who God is. So God is asking us, to pursue holiness so that we can influence others with holiness. We're going to look at this through the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are actually the summary of the law, which we read in many parts of the Bible in Luke 10, 25 to 27, and Matthew 22, 34 to 40, where, the Lord, where we read, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. The Ten Commandments are, going, are divided into, the first part is about our relationship with God, and the second part is about our relationship with others. So we will now look at our relationship with God by looking at the first four Ten Commandments, which are in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 11. And I'm just going to go through it as we, as we um, learn the lesson. And the lessons that we are going to learn in how am I to live pursuing holiness in my relationship with God is one, God demands exclusivity. Two, my relationship of exclusivity with God has generational consequences. Three, beware, familiarity breeds contempt. And four, dedicate the Sabbath to God. In lesson number one, it comes from the first commandment where God said, I'm the only, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. There is no, other, no way of having God, as God as with other gods. God demands our exclusivity. We must be born again. 
we must know Christ as our Lord and Savior, then that way then, we will come out of bondage, the bondage that he got the Israelites out. And as a result, we will, we will actually make him the Lord of our lives. There are things that we make as our gods. Pride, for example, is an example of gods that we have. And pride means edging God out. Our ego comes, out, comes up. And as a result, we, rule, we edge God out and we are not at all uh, then relying on him as our Lord. Whatever is loved, feared, delighted in, or depended, depended on more than God, that we make a God. Consequently, we cannot have any other God ruling in our lives. That is hypocrisy. And we see that also in Matthew 6, where we read in 624, and one can serve two, two masters. Either you hate the one or love the other, or you be devoted to the one and despise the other. So, how then are we to live in pursuing holiness? The first commandment teaches us, the first lesson is God de demands our exclusivity in our lives. He wants us alone, no other God, nothing, nothing, nothing. He wants our full attention. The second commandment is uh, found in lesson number two. It is about my relationship of exclusivity with God has generational consequences. We read that in Exodus chapter 20 verse 4. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth gener generation for those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. An idol is a visible representation of the invisible God. So anything that we make in the form of a statue, in the form of any form that in itself and, and, and replaces with God, that is an idol. There are others which are actually not idols that we can see. They are idols that are invisible and that we have even right now in, the, in various parts of our life. But let me just go back to the visible representation. Our ancestral worship, our customs, our customs that do not honor God. There are some customs we must leave that do not honor God. Something that you carry around with you in order to feel that you are covered. You may be having a chain around your neck. You may, must be carrying something in your hand, otherwise you don't feel you're protected. The only protector is Jesus Christ. There is none other, and he will not have any other. In fact, some of the idols that we have are actually, we are holding on to them because we want to be inclusive at all costs with man. We fear man, but the Lord says in Jeremiah 17:5, cast is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Yet, for that one who trusts man in Jeremiah 17, 8, is that person is blessed. Be a Berean Christian. Find out whether whatever you're carrying, whatever you have, whatever you're putting your trust in, is it an idol? Acts 17, 11 says about the Berean Christians. They examine the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said is true. I remember a story of, of this, um, I was teaching somewhere, and somebody was saying that they're not blessed by their grandmother unless their grandmother um, spits on, their, on, on, on them. And, and I remember the argument went on and on and on, and these are believers. And at the end of the day, what was all this? And one person who was seated right at the back said, I never had a grandmother, and I'm now grown up, and I'm blessed. Those are myths. Those are myths. Let us trust in the Lord and in the Lord alone and follow him. Let us put to death anything that is idolatry in our lives and move away from it. Remember, 
at the end of the day that the Lord will, uh, will because of not making him God, he will actually, there are generational consequences. We had, we read that the generations which hate God will be cast to the third and fourth generations. Those ones who bless God to the um, many generations thereafter. So what are we saying? Check what is going on in your life. How are your lives? Is there something that has happened within your lives because of worshiping idols? And as a result, you can see a generation of cars going through. The Lord says, turn away from it. Just repent and repent for your generation and he'll give you a brand new life. The lesson number three, which we learn from the, con co co the third commandment is beware that we do not become too familiar with God. Familiarity breeds contempt. In Exodus 27, we read, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold any guiltless who misuses his name. When we misuse the name of the Lord, we are making him insignificant. When we defame him, when we abuse him, when we curse, when all the various things that we hear, all these things must cause pain in us. If we are numb to them, we need to be very, very aware because there is something very wrong. Does it pain you to hear the misuse of the name of the Lord in, in a curse, in words, in comedy, in movies, in social media that we keep on passing? Then there are other ways of misusing the, the name of the Lord with the wrong attitude behind it. How, what attitude do we have? When we say the Lord's Prayer and we're not meaning it, we're misusing the name of the Lord. When we go through the liturgy and just memorize things, we're misusing the name of the Lord. In the words that we put out in the publication on obituaries about somebody, and somebody was not even born again, that is again misusing the name of the Lord. Let us be careful that we do not become so familiar with God, we forget that he is the creator. Familiarity, familiarity breeds contempt. We end up having contempt of God, and this applies in many situations that we have. May our relationship with God be so intimate that we cannot stand the misuse of his name. And finally, the fourth commandment. It says uh, in lesson number four, the lesson number four we are going to learn is dedicate the Sabbath day to God. Exodus chapter 20 verse 8 and following talks about remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And right at the very end in verse 11, it says, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Again, the word comes in holy, holy. Be holy because I'm holy. He's also saying that the Sabbath day is holy. All the days, the six days of the week, you are working. We are all working. And remember, in Deuteronomy 8, 18, we read, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which we saw, he swore to your ancestors, as it is today. That energy, that whatever it is that you're doing, it is the Lord who gave it to you. He's asking you, now, can you rest on the Sabbath? And the Sabbath can be different. Normally, it is on, Saturday, on Sundays. And it's very interesting. This is a global phenomenon. On Sundays, everything is closed. It is a holiday. Not everything. Some places are, of course, um, essential services, but the, the work places are closed. So the Lord is saying, rest on this day. And rest this day, not only physically, but also spiritually. Spend my time your time in my presence, so that I may renew you, so that indeed um, you will be able to be holy as uh, the Lord is holy. So in conclusion, the Lord is telling us, spend this COVID-19 season evaluating our relationship with him. How are we living in pursuing holiness? The first four commandments are the one of the ways you can do it. Allow God to reveal it. Then obey. Then keep short accounts. God demands exclusivity. He demands that he is God alone in our lives. 
he demands exclusivity. And he does that because of social order, because it is good for each one of us. And remember also, secondly, that my relationship of exclusivity with God has general consequences, generational consequences. Whatever I am doing right now is not about me alone. Whatever my relationship with God right now is not about me alone. It will influence my children. It will influence their children's children. It will influence generations and other people that they are connected to. So let us not be selfish and let us be very careful what we do and not have any other idols or have ancestral spirits in our families or things that are not of God. And then beware, thirdly, of being too familiar with God. We can be familiar in the way we sing. We can be familiar in the way we do things. Be, be, be very careful you don't become familiar. Stand out and be the one to stand out and say, I'm not going to watch that program. I'm not going to listen to that um, video. I'm not going to pass off on that social media message because it misuses the name of the Lord. Stand. And when you do that, tell the others. Pass it on. That's how we become evangelists so that they may also know what they're doing. And fourthly, dedicate the Sabbath day to God because it is holy. Rest your body and rest spiritually in him. Let us pray. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Father, only you who knows each one of us. You know what gods we have in our lives. You know how we've been familiar with you. You know how we use our Sabbaths, O oh Jehovah God, our Sundays, O oh Father. Father, forgive us. Forgive us, Jehovah God. Draw us to yourself, O oh Father. And Lord, we pray for anyone who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that today they will say yes to you. Because this does not, will not be automatic. It doesn't happen. It is not a matter of good works. It's not a matter of good deeds. It's a matter of walking with you. So how I pray that, Lord, even as the week goes on, as we move even today to our daily um, activities, that, Lord, we'll keep short accounts with you and keep you right at the beginning of everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen.